You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since Gigapets was a lot of responsibility to handle. Now dads reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm Eddie Ferguson. And I'm J.B. Wagner. And on today's episode, we remember that fish are friends and not food. As we review Finding Nemo. But before that, Eddie, how are you and the family doing? Uh, as I just told you before we hopped on, it's been a, a weird energy day. It's just Ooh, been explain. Well, you know, Mondays are usually a, an odd day for me in general, just because Sundays are so busy and crazy. And then Mondays is just kind of like, oh, I, yes. So we decided We are not only going to go do our big monthly shopping trip, but hey, while we let's just kill two birds with one stone while we're going out and doing our big shopping trip. Let's go ahead. We've got a team coming in like a week and a half. Let's just go ahead and knock out all the shopping for all of them. So here we are in uh, it's a store called Price Mart, which is pretty much Costco. Like if I were to blindfold you drop you in the middle you'd be like oh i'm in costco um and it looks just like it here we are in costco with three children (laughs) and three carts packed to the gills wow and we were just reminiscing about how did you do that we didn't that's the thing like we still don't know like it happened but like we didn't do it it just we endured it is probably the better route, to, uh, the better way to say it. But here we are and about we try and be courteous. Like if we are out and about, we speak Spanish even to each other. Um, one, not to draw attention to ourselves, but also to be courteous to the fact that we we live in their culture. We want to speak their language yep. and everything. Mm-hmm. Halfway through this, the niceties are gone. We are talking full volume in English to each other. Full Ferguson having, volume. <laughs> full yes mind you full Ferguson volume and there there was this beautiful moment where we're conversing trying to to like do we need this item or not and we are just I'm not hearing Sarah Sarah's not hearing me well like not understanding well you yeah. know you you'd have these marital moments where it's like why can we not understand the other person I don't understand yes, you know like exactly and it was funny, the kids freeze. Like they have been whiny, complaining, this or that the whole time. And they just freeze. And then all of these like Costa Ricans are like, have no idea, you know, and they're just like <laughs> reaching past us to grab something off the shelf or whatever. And uh it's like, I don't know what's going on here, but we're just gonna But we survived. We got and then we get to the car and realize we have a small little car, like oh, we have no way of getting on. I mean, we live an hour away. So like, how are we going to do all that? You know, so then it becomes this whole new adventure of how do we get all of this stuff? How do you pack it in there? How do you pack it in? So all of our kids have toilet paper on top of them and (laughs) bags of rice and all this stuff. And it is so loaded down that there was barely like, 
two inches of clearance between the 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 chassis and the tires like so the whole ride home i'm just like mm, please please amazing but we made it we did it and then the kids just melted down because they didn't get good naps and it was just like misery i'll have to send you a video there was this one moment where i'm trying to cook dinner lewis is laying on the floor just sprawled out like daddy i don't feel well ace <laughs> Asa is over in the corner just crying, just screaming and crying. And Ellie is standing there going, Daddy, I, I, I'm going to throw up. Daddy, I'm going to throw up. Daddy, I'm going to throw up. And Did I'm finally just to throw up. No, no. She'd been saying she needed to throw up all day and she didn't. And I am just all compassion. Like earlier on, I'm like, OK, sweetheart, like, let's go to the bathroom. Da, da, da. No. And then after a while, you realize she doesn't. So I'm just sitting there going. Okay, then go to the bathroom. Okay, if you need to throw up, go throw up. Just do it. Just get it. <laughs> but it was, yes. So that was all the, the crazy, that was wonderful today. You, you, that was in a just better today. place. Are you in a more zen place now because the kids are asleep? Or? You know what I did is I said, uh, Sarah, I just need a moment. I just need a moment. And so I went, I laid on our bed, and I watched half an episode of The West Wing. <laughs> what i've been doing right now that was just my there's something about west wing just kind of all right here we go let's recenters you makes the world a better place <laughs> and i mean how many times have we watched that show and i know i still forget the episodes when i go i'm like wait how do they get out of this again <clears throat> and then you see it and you're like that was masterful well that. here's what i do now sarah's making fun of me for this i will just like pull up a random season and just like pick a random episode and skip the intro Yep. So don't don't bring me up to speed. Boom. And then it's like, oh, it's coming out of out of nowhere for me. And I'm, you know, boom, I'm I'm hooked. I'm enthralled. What's going to happen? Is Congress going to censure Jed Bartlett? We don't know. <laughs> but enough about me and all my crazy things. We have a few, I would say, an eclectic uh, set of Disney news for you here today. Uh, as many of you know, uh, this weekend was the Consumer Electronics Show out in Las Vegas, and Disney previewed something that they've actually been talking about for a couple of years. They are partnering with Amazon to um, uh, create what they're calling Hey Disney, and they're going to launch this, first of all, in uh Disney like hotel rooms, but then eventually you can purchase this to use on your own Amazon Alexa device um, and pretty much kind of serve as an Alexa, but a Disney version of this. Have you heard of this? Yes, I had. I knew it was coming to the hotels. I didn't realize that this was going to be a consumer facing product service that you could get. I know that you've already pre-ordered it yourself for all of your Alexa devices um, at home that you love um, talking about all the time. Uh, just love doing all of the Jeff Bezos stuff. Um, Not but- a single bit of it. If I ever walk into a Disney hotel and this is plugged in, I will immediately unplug it. This will be the first thing I do. I love it. I love that. I love that energy. Do but- you know how much Amazon makes off of uh, Alexa? No, but I have a feeling you have done some research on this and you've got a number for me. They make nothing off of Alexa. In fact, they lose 10, they've lost $10 billion this last year 
in the Alexa department alone. Wow. Then why do they keep doing it? Then why do you still use it and have not switched over to all things wonderful Apple? That wasn't the question. The question was, why do they keep doing it? Because they're the no. ones losing money. And it's because it's and it's a failing system like that shows you just how bad Alexa really is. Something that doesn't make money doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. People still use it because it's a helpful, a helpful device to control all of my my TV, my lights, set timers, play music without having to touch my phone and anything like that. That's why that's why people use things too. Siri does all these things, too, but so much better. At a way cheaper price point. <laughs> this is true. I will give you. Yeah. And that's why they lose $10 billion a year. But, so that's what I'm saying. Like it for me, it does exactly what I want it to do. I don't know why Amazon keeps on doing it because <clears> it's not making money. I have no idea why they keep on doing it. Someone should text us an article or something. But no, I had heard about the Hey Disney. I knew it was coming for. I didn't realize it was consumer facing. Um it sounds like it's going to be a paid thing, but I don't, I know, don't that, know. I don't know if it's. I don't know if I originally. I don't know if originally they they were going to do it, but uh, like a consumer thing, it was just going to be a like a theme park thing. Um, but apparently, there's been enough interest and excitement about it that people are going to do it. Um, going to Olaf one, tell you that it's going to be frozen outside? Right. How there is a lot of potential there. There is a lot of really cool things that you could do with it if you were so inclined to have Amazon and Disney spying on you. And for all, all the, the same time. And for all the people that can't afford to go to Disney anymore, you can just get this and pretend like you were at the resort. Exactly. Exactly. I love the idea of I haven't done it to you cuz I'm a kind friend, but to other <laughs> friends I love to walk into their house and be like, hey, Alexa, put 100 avocados in my cart and just does it work? Wait, it does like half the time it does, because Alexa is a little more open in it's uh, like recognition of voices than other assistants. Yeah. Uh, so you can do that. So it makes me wonder, like, can you walk around like a Disney hotel and be like, hey, Disney, order me, you know stake on room service or you know if you just like walk around and do random things like that but i thought that was an interesting little bit to come out of uh of the consumer electronic show um we've also got um some theater news some things kind of uh ramping up first of all was um uh a couple of i saw a couple articles i just sent you the one about elemental being Pixar's most important release. Um, I thought that was appropriate as we review a Pixar um, movie this episode. Uh, I think more and more people are anticipating Elemental just because of how much Pixar, quote unquote, has struggled um, in recent. Um, you read the article. We We pointed out a few things that were obviously off or or incorrect in this. So this is from Screen Rant, and they kind of are setting up this fact that they, um, the Elemental really needs to hit it big to kind of turn the ship for Pixar because they've been through this hiatus of putting content out, putting movies out into theaters until they released Lightyear, which they randomly said wasn't, wasn't new or hadn't been in theaters. Um, But, I think overall, the article is kind of pu- pulling at all of that that we are feeling that 
Pixar really hasn't had a hit in a while, especially not a original hit. Haven't had any of that for quite some time because we've had a lot of these go straight to Disney Plus and then Lightyear was a bomb. Um, so th- there is kind of this pent up energy for a movie that we all f- are kind of excited about. At least I'm excited about because it looks and feels a lot like Inside Out. So we're kind of expecting that um, kind of similar energy or at least that similar um, uh, storytelling from it. And uh, I don't know about you, but I I resonate with that part of this article from Screen Rant that, yeah, we're all we're kind of waiting for them to be Pixar again and to do the Pixar type of things. One, including being in big theaters, not staying on Disney Plus, which we all felt was like, why did they? This was a bad move from the start and didn't help Disney Plus make the money because it wasn't making the money. Um, but what were your thoughts to reading this article? Yeah, it, it made me kind of stop and look back and go, okay, what are the what are some of the last originals, not any type of sequel or using other IP uh, ideas that that Pixar has released and has really, really done well. Um, honestly, I look back and Coco was the last one because after Coco, you had Incredibles 2, then you had Toy Story 4, and then Onward gets disrupted because of COVID. That's it's, the first one. It wasn't it really well. It, it was, was in, in theaters. theaters. But it didn't have its full kind of glory run that most. The tail of it got cut most. off pretty quickly. Yeah. Yep. So maybe Onward was the last. I mean, Onward's is fantastic. I just don't think it it soared to the levels that we're used to Pixar movies get having the runway to get going exactly. because it got cut off. And by the end, you know. Because usually a Pixar movie will stay in theaters for a little while. It's got some legs to it. And this, of course, didn't have that. Then you had Soul go straight to uh, Disney+. Plus. You and I have our differences on that movie. You've come closer Uh, to my side. I have. I have. um, Luca, which for me has been like my favorite Pixar movie uh, since... Uh, since Coco, like I really, really love Luca, and I wonder if it had been given the full theatrical uh, run and experience, if it kind of would have taken off and really kind of had that huge moment. Wasn't a huge fan of Turning Red or, or Lightyear, so yeah, I think this what this article is hitting at is is spot on. Pixar needs Elemental to hit it big, uh, otherwise, I think we're gonna see shakeups at Pixar, um, which I don't want, I don't want to see, you know, I don't, I don't think that this is a Pete doctor issue. I would hate to see him of all people, um, get pushed out because of that. No, it doesn't need to reach $2 billion like avatar. This next movie. Yes. Avatar, um, is at $1.5 billion right now. It's still cruising still making a ton of money. And James Cameron came out uh, recently to say, hey, you know what? Since it broke even, I think we'll make the next ones. <laughs> I think we'll go ahead <clears throat> and make uh, four and five. Um, it's, it, it's just funny that he made a film knowing it had to be legendarily uh, financi- financially uh, prosperous to actually need the next films. And so I don't know, are you going to like, pull back on how much money you spent or maybe all that development 
money was really what they had to recoup first. But so he just came out um, and recently and said, yeah, we're going to go ahead and make the next ones, even though he hasn't talked to Disney about it yet. Apparently he's like, I still got to talk to people about it. Um, Eddie, it it felt really, it felt really weird how I watched the interview in which he said all of this and it was like, okay, is it, is it not? This is so, so unsure. One, yes. Avatar two is the most expensive movie ever produced. Um, what I can't find is he pretty much said like, it's got to hit this $1.5 billion to just break even. I can't find anything online that supports like, well, how did this movie um, cost $1.5 billion to make? Yeah. Like, I don't know how all that math adds up. There's there's some huge component that I'm missing. Um, I mean, yes, it cost hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to make, but nothing that I've seen so far to even cross the billion mark let alone most films or a lot of films will spend a comparable amount of money on marketing that it doesn't actually making the film. It's not always a one for one, but you can generally say whatever they spent on making it, they're going to spend an almost similar amount of money on actually marketing it. So I would, I wouldn't, I mean, if they spent, if he spent the a record amount, like if he spent like, six or seven hundred thousand dollars on it maybe they'd spent close to that just on the marketing and that's why he's saying it's got around 1.5 it's where they start making money or maybe it's even not just like recouping exactly the amount of money but enough to be like okay if you make a billion dollar movie you kind of need to make at least around 500 on top of that to it to be worth it you can't just break even but and, and I think there was also an element, I heard him speak on this a couple of times that I thought was really good of they, he wanted to know, like, do the fans even want more Avatar yes. movies? Mm. Um, you know, and kudos to him where he's like, yeah, I don't want to spend my time doing all this if people really don't want it. Um, and these types of movies need the type of numbers Avatar 2 is doing in order to keep churning them out. Otherwise, you know, let's not do it. Um, so that part where I'm going, okay, that I understand. Uh, and I definitely left avatar to going, yeah, give me more. Like if it, if it's going to, if it's going to be this, give me more. Um, because you definitely improved on the first one and showed me there's a world here that I, or, you know, more stories, there's a world to be explored. So here we go. Speaking of worlds to be explored. That brings us to what we're really about today <laughs> in, in our next film from 2003, 2003, yeah. we're still in 2003. Uh, we are going to go in under the sea as we explore, not Ariel's domain, but another Pixar film like we've alluded to. We are today talking about Finding Nemo. Cue the Disney sound effect. Okay, IMDb description for Finding Nemo. Looks like it's very promising, so let's, let's, let's listen to it. After his son is captured in the Great Barrier Reef and taken to Sydney, a timid clownfish sets out on a journey to bring him home. Well done. Well done. That was, that was, that's what I needed that. We've had a string of some weird ones recently. Yeah. That I just needed a good... Solid. 
they should teach this in, in college and use this as an example. It's great. So when I put on Finding Nemo, I was drawn to the descriptions that Disney Plus writes. And I'm like, we should have been comparing all along the IMDb one mm-hmm. to the Disney Plus one because, and I went back and like checked a few of them. And I'm like, whoever they got to write all these Disney Plus ones, they know what they're doing. So Finding Nemo's was Marlin makes an epic journey to bring Nemo home when he's taken by divers. That's really good. Isn't that really good? It's very solid. Like, boom, straight down the line. What was your childhood memory of this movie? Um, I can't remember who all went, but I, I remember it was a big... Um, kind of like get as many family members together and go see this movie together. And I remember watching this in, uh, in a theater opening weekend, you know, kind of a packed theater. And I mean, this was the moment where I would say by the time finding Nemo came out, this was now everybody just knew like you go see the latest Pixar movie. You I was just gonna say the exact same thing. Yep. You just go see it. It's a watershed um, moment. It's like they've had too many hits in a row. This is not a right. coincidence. I, I really feel like it was with with Finding Nemo that Pixar really cemented itself as Pixar. Does that make sense? That's it. That's I, that was what I was going to lead with too. Was just like that was the the biggest memory of like, oh, they can kind of any everything they do is gold. Because I remember vaguely the conversation like walking into the theater, like somebody asking like, "What is this movie even about?" And hearing somebody be like, "Well, it's Pixar. You're going to cry and laugh." <laughs> like you know, like Pixar. We make okay. people cry and laugh. Yeah. Um. And both of those are. Uh, are true for, for this one. So yeah, uh, this movie um, for me kind of holds that, that kind of special memory of, okay, I am a Pixar fan. That's why I'm sitting down to watch this movie. And then like, Oh, and now I'm a finding Nemo fan. You know, I don't even know where to begin with this because I just love so many things about it. I guess we can just start with all of the many, many characters that this yeah. this movie in particular, when you're talking about a ro- basically, it's the style of a road trip film of a bu- of two people who don't know each other on a journey together um, with Dory and Marlin. Like they 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 put such great detail into giving personalities to all of these different fish and all of each these and every one wildlife creatures and and sea creatures. Um, just giving them all just even everything from obviously um, Marlin and Dory. And just the genius of making of giving her short term memory loss, just like absolutely genius to to do that to to make such a memorable character that they then were like that forced by the by the audience by the fans to make a sequel to this film because it they, it was so desperate for more of more of her especially, um, but even down to like Peach the starfish. Uh, to the little guy who likes you, bubbles. You, you just like Peach because it's voiced by the one and only Allison Jane. Well, we had to do our West Wing reference in here. We had to, we had to get that one in here. But even like the... Um, Which I have to say, Peach has my favorite line in the whole movie. Which and is? And it takes, it takes place after the ending in the credit scene. 
when they're rolling the bags or whatever, and she's the last one to go. And in just pure Allison Janney, she says, well, that's the shortest red light I've ever seen. <laughs> and I don't know why, like, every time I'm so tickled by that line of just like a starfish. Like, we all say that. Like, that's such a common line. But to hear star, all of it, it's just so, so great. I, I think you're you're spot on. I, I rewatching this, I think one of the things that struck me is how many of those different characters we encounter, like how many of these little road trip episodes we go across from um, the sharks to the school of fish, to the jellyfish, to the deep sea monster, to the turtles, to the whale. Like, and, and that's just Marlin's adventure. You know, then we get the, the tank creatures and the, and the seagulls and everything. What I think this movie is a masterclass in is pacing. Like the way they pace this story. And I think the moment that really like stood out for me is after the sharks and all the bombs blow up underwater, they choose to transition for the first time to the dentist office with the two birds just sitting on the water and the little bubble comes up from the explosions. And he's like, really dude? And he flies off and we cut. I'm like, that is genius it's just such a brief little moment but it paces it like it it took us down a little bit from this epic kind of you know shark sequence and all of that and then boom we're ready to go for at the dentist office and there are so many other little moments like that throughout this whole movie that as i rewatched it today just went it's the pacing that really like the, the strong characters and that there's so many of them and they're so memorable, every one of them. And then it is so well paced out that you never get tired with, with any one of those. I had forgotten about a lot of the creatures too. Like the school of fish isn't the first thing that comes to my mind, but then the fact that there's one fish talking for all of them while they're doing all of the mimes and they're doing like the, ha- the, the, all the different logos and stuff like that. And like, like trying to cheer her up and stuff. Um, well, even, and it's the, um, <clears throat> the John rats Ratzenberger yeah. uh, cameo. For I think this movie, I think I literally thought to myself right before that. Oh, I want, I forget which character he voices. And then that comes into it, but even down to like the, one of the most iconic cre- uh, animals from all of this are the, the seagulls with the yes. mine, mine, mine that like, if you just say mine anywhere, you'll get a few people popping up in real life going, mine, 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 mine. Uh, just they created <clears throat> these classic moments, these iconic moments now that we all still talk about, or even just like the lines, like just keep swimming. It's like, just keep swimming. And then they use that to great effect in the next film to kind of get you to understand where that came from. Well, um, and even those, the two that you just brought up there, I would say that those two those two lines in particular have moved into like zeitgeist yep. level. Like mm-hmm. they have fully infiltrated um and, and would be on anyone's list for some of the greatest movie lines of all time. Like you you think of like what are the most memorable um Pixar lines? Yeah, you've got like to infinity and beyond. And you've got just keep swimming. Like these are the, those are in the running for top three. And in, in my opinion of like Pixar lines, you know, so 
I, I, it was funny. If you just pull up like the, the movie poster, I, I think the movie poster is so emblematic of this. It's just all of the different creatures. Yep. You know, and you see all of them, um, you know, well laid out there. But they also did such a great job with the core storyline that they didn't just rely on all of these weird creatures and stuff like that. Marlin's narrative from beginning mm. to end is just so good. Starting off as an overprotective father and, and just that, that little twist of him being a clownfish that's not funny and how they, pl- how they needle at him throughout the entire, entire way. But just his maturation from where he is as a father who rightfully, like when, that, from that opening scene, you're like, I get why he's doing what he's doing. He's not being crazy. Any he's one just, of us he's been be. through trauma and he's just trying to hold on to his son just a little bit longer to where he gets into the end. Um, it's just a great, it, it all feels earned. It all feels mm-hmm. um, good. It feels like it was like it was true, even though we're talking about fish and like they're not human beings, but that's what Pixar does so well. They take non-humans and make them feel like real humans that you would know and you could connect with. Um, so I think a lot of movies could have just played off of interesting characters and interesting people and scenarios, but they wove it to where you see him go through all of this process. And even Nemo himself, he becomes braver and stronger and goes through his own journey as well. Um, that it's just, it's just really a great heartwarming story to, to just revisit and to go back to along with all of the iconic moments as well. Um, they had me from the title card. I, I, I would love to go and like think this through, maybe like quickly watch all the title card sequences for all Pixar. Cause this has got to be, this has got to be up there. Like right after the attack and everything, and then you just zoom up and you just see this crystal clear water that Thomas Newman score comes up, which is so peaceful. Um, and then, you know, you see Finding Nemo, the title card come up. I, I get goosebumps every single time that I see this title card sequence um, because I'm I have the emotion. Boom. Right then and there. Like I'm I'm on it. Um, I think the only thing that would beat it may be up, you know, it's, it's opening sequence is probably the, the, the one that gets you the most, but, and, and with that, I, I also thought I want, I, I think all the other Pixar movies before this, you had interesting story, uh, incredible characters, trailblazing technology, but I also feel like this was the first time that maybe you forget that you're watching a computer animated yep. cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like this movie, it's just beautiful. I think with Finding Nemo, we began to realize, oh, Pixar is not just creating this new way of animated movies with, with computers. They're going to make the most beautiful animated movies we've ever thought of. Or mm-hmm. will ever see. Yep. And and that's where like by the time we get to like the 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 animation in Toy Story Four still takes my breath away. Like there's just so many moments in that where it's like this yeah. is um, yeah, just incredible. 
I think a lot of that, you know, you you see for me, it was Finding Nemo where you go, oh, they're making beautiful cinematic movies that are, are just going to take your breath away. Some of my favorite sequences are when they get up with the turtles, yeah. all everything with that. And even <laughs> just the life lesson in there where the turret were crushed lets uh lets the lets the uh squirt squirt go. go he goes out of the out of the stream and marlin's like oh we got to go help him and he's like let's see what the little squirt does like th- like as every parent i'm just sitting there going oh i needed that like i needed to hear him say that because i want to just go solve the problem or go mm-hmm. help right away and just being like i don't know how are you what are you going to do and just see their brains going and see them trying to figure out what the, what the solution is. Um, that that's one of my favorites, obviously the sharks and the alcoholics anonymous, uh, fisher friends, not food, that whole sequence and how he, he goes dark again. Um, those are two, like just jump right to the top. When I think about think of thinking about this film, also Mount Wana Hakalugi and the ring of fire. I mean, like everything about that. Is just like you weren't just making this for little kids. Like you, like all even you me as an adult, fun. I'm just I'm just having fun watching them. All these little little uh, twists and turns with it and stuff. I saw an or heard a new one this watching that uh, I had never picked up before. So you have to let me know if you'd caught this before. But as the dentist is like working on a patient or whatever. He said a phrase that I had never heard of before. He says, I got to go talk to a man about a wallaby. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What did I hear? So, of course, I'm like, got to Google this. Where, where? And apparently this is an idiom in Sydney for um, I got to take the Browns to the Super Bowl. Like their, their version of that. But it was funny because, I, like, I just never had caught on that before. And I'm like, why is Disney dropping this idiom in there at that moment? But then it perfectly sets up, like, well, then he comes out of the bathroom right as they're beginning to explain all drains lead to the ocean and everything. I'm like, again, pacing. I, okay, we drop this random idiom so that two beats later we can get this story this piece of exposition in um i just love that that layer in there but that was a really funny one that i had never caught i can't remember how many times i've watched this movie but this was the first time where i'm like wait what what did he say i've never heard that before oh okay that's that i've never heard that idiom had you caught that before i think i had heard it but it had just gone in one ear and out the other and i hadn't thought about like i wasn't as curious as you were well, curiosity kills the cat, so be careful. And it's Eddie's middle name. <laughs> um, um, the other, I think, moment that we haven't talked about that has also, I wouldn't say as much as like mine and 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 uh, just keep swimming, but the uh, I can speak whale sequence. Oh yeah, oh, is yeah. so funny. And well executed. And I even love, I mean, we're going to jump, I'm going to jump ahead here to, to Finding Dory, but I love the payoff in Finding Dory of like, how did she, you know, that we, we get the origin story of all of that. But I just thought that that was clever that the fish just hear whales just, dra- dr- you know, dragging out speech and whatever. It was just a really funny way of, of doing that. Uh, 
Love Within the Dark, and she's like, are, are you my conscience? Hey, conscience, <laughs> am I dead? We haven't spoken in a while. Uh, I mean, we can't go without saying, like, so I watched this with my kids, and they obviously loved when he goes up to the boat, and he, they call it the yeah. butt. It's like, wow, that's a pretty big butt. Like, my kids were loving Oh, oh Nemo that. touched the butt. Yeah, but even just the other kids, when one kid's like, I'm H2O intolerant. And that one's, I'm obnoxious, and I am 100% sure you quoted that over and over again. The, I'm obnoxious. Um, I'm H2O intolerant. And then what was the third one? Um, oh, I, I'm blanking on it. I had it. I had it. Um, but yes, the three lines from there, I used to, to quote that all the time. I thought that was some of the funniest. Oh, you guys made me ink. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, is there any part of this movie that you don't like? Is there anything that like, man, I wish they would have spent more time on this. I've been trying to think of it and I don't really, other than maybe the Darla is probably the only technically um, villain. The villain. It, it, it's more like she's the, she's the ticking time bomb. Like when is she going to get Nemo? I mean, but it doesn't dentist, really have one. Yeah, the dentist is also like, He's the kidnapper. But normally I'm like, I need to have a really awesome villain to really like bring it to really like solidify the story. This doesn't necessarily have it. And I'm okay with it. I kind of am okay with it. almost any, um, almost every buddy, buddy, like a road trip movie has something that they're driving towards. And the clock is kind of the villain. Like, Will they get there in time to for the wife to get to or to get back in time for his wife who's having labor or um, to make the sale or whatever it is um, to get to the reunion like that always serves as the thing kind right. of pushing the, the the story forward. Will he reunite with his son in time? Um, and so I think for that, that's why. And Darla's great. Like she's got she's a great character, great like obvious, like almost like Sid. From from Toy Story One, that good, level. good connection, um, yeah, good connection. But I was just thinking, I was like, is there anything in this movie that I don't, I don't, I wish they would have done better? And I can't, I, I'm not coming up with anything. So I didn't know if you had any. Not that I'm trying to make you, but no, I, I would, I would say the uh, every time I do watch, every time I watch this, I do have this feeling when we get to the 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 end, like they're reunited and then they get swept up in the net. There, every time I have this little bit of like, here we go again, like, (laughs) you know, like that just, but at the same time, I understand, I understand why it's there. Like it serves such a crucial story moment. Like you don't feel the full reward, reward of Marlon's journey and Nemo's to uh, a little bit lesser of an extent. Until that moment. He gets to fully let go of his son for that one, knowing that he might not see him again after he's gotten him back. And then his son gets to lead the charge and pull everybody down to save this whole group. No, you're right. It's a great moment, but there is that moment where you're like, come on, man, Uh, let someone else do it. Yeah. That's why we're not the heroes. He's the hero. Exactly. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I, 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 but I wouldn't even say that that is uh, a negative of it. Um, I, I'm hard pressed to to find a negative here. For me, this is a near perfect movie. You know, I have to to do my little score rant. 
because I love this. This is this is one of my favorite Pixar scores. Like I listen to this and uh, well, we're not going to count Coco. Um, we'll set Coco aside for obvious reasons. Um, but like I listen to this. I listen to Ratatouille up and um, um, Incredibles. So like three Giacchino Pixar's and then this one. This is and Thomas Newman. But recently you've got you got me going on um, a bug's life. Do you remember like you've mentioned a couple of times just how much you love bug's life and it sounds like Even just it sounds like, like every Pixar ago. film, not in a bad way, but in a great way. Right, like, right, right. I want to listen to Pixar. Go to Bugs. Put Life. on a Bugs Life. Exactly. Yeah. So I've been listening to that one, but there is something different about this score. And I said it there at the beginning. Like it is so peaceful and like it's so moving. Um, there's a moment in uh, the the nighttime show at uh, Animal Kingdom where they they play just like a little piece of this and do something up on the tree of life. And like every time that hits in the melody, in the the medley, uh, the Disney medley that they do there, there is just like this weird, like, like deep breath that happens when that score comes on. I don't know how else to explain that. It doesn't make, do you see what I'm saying? Like when I'm making sense about this, it's just a, an odd score that, yeah, it serves the story very, very well, but it also just has this, it's unique and refreshing and peaceful and calming. It, it like sounds like you would want a, a nice swim through the ocean to be. So any final words before we rank this thing? Rate this thing? Um, I don't know. P. Sherman, uh, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney, Australia. Well, if it's not any wild guess what mine is going to be i'm going to make this a five gummy worm movie i can't i i'm having a hard time trying to think of why it wouldn't be great great everything great storyline great characters great 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 scenarios great scenes uh, messaging um music it's just a complete it's a complete story and it's there's a reason that it's one of the greats I'm right there with you. I would give this five gummy worms with um, no hesitation. Um, this is this is a great film through and through. Like this is just and and, and like we said at the very beginning, I think this is really the movie that um, just nailed Pixar in its place. Like. Pixar is now uh, the you know one one of the most premier movie studios, animated or not animated. Like they are the best storytellers out there. Took it to a new level, uh, and and I mean they keep it going from here too. You know, there's there's some good ones on down the line, um, but this is without a doubt five gummy worms for me as well. I guess with that. Your life has once again forever been changed by another episode of Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your other favorite podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review and share this with your best friend, with your neighbors, with your family, with your enemies. Get the word out there, guys, because we love we love to hear when people 
are loving this show and we want to share the love with more people. And you can check us out at honeywemade.com. On our website, we have a full movie list as we continue to walk through all the movies that Disney made from 1988 to 2005, better known as our childhood, including next week's uh, episode where we will review Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Thank you for listening. And remember, just keep swimming, just keep swimming.